Since the dawn of time, man has reached to obtain that which seemingly lies just beyond his grasp. Reason, enlightenment, understanding. It is said that the game of basketball can provide this fulfillment, but only to those who devote themselves to its principles, to a higher purpose, to end smart basketball. Howdy fellow basketballers. Uh, We'll go ahead and and start here with uh, the obvious only thing to really talk about tonight is is Kobe, obviously. It's it's been a strange uh, couple of days. We had a lot of uh, very, very fragile weak topics that we had uh, on on this on slate for tonight until uh, uh, Kobe's helicopter crashed in California yesterday. Uh, what were you doing, Bob, yesterday when it happened? I was sitting in my living room with my family, and I got a, a news alert on my phone. And uh, I looked up, and I, I said to nobody in particular, Kobe Bryant is dead. Yeah, I was I was at a at a park with my daughter and my wife and I was just kind of sitting at a bench by myself. I didn't have anything really to immediately talk to. So I just sort of sat and just sort of thumbed around on my phone for a couple minutes. It was very, uh, very alarming. Um, what, what I thought was interesting, um, I was listening to some, some Levitard show as I usually do. And he, he sort of made this compare, Dan made a comparison to, to John Lennon. I mean, is that a little, uh, it seems a little excessive, don't you think? It's a bit much, yeah. I mean, I wasn't it's around. I wasn't around for John Lennon, um, but it seems a bit much. People, yeah, die. I don't know that Kobe quite has the same reach. He's definitely, if you're a sports fan, you you know who Kobe is, but I don't know. Right. I mean, I think he transcended sports to a degree, but I I don't think he ever had the the cultural pull of Michael Jordan, for example. Right. So. Um. Yeah, I I don't see that. It's a little. It's a bit much. It's a bit much. The other thing that sort of pops out to me, there is some talk uh, on Twitter, sports radio, the the way that the journalism, uh, me the media outlets covered this. Uh, you know, TMZ came out with this. As I understand it, I wasn't following this real time very closely. I just sort of got a weirdo. I don't know, SB Nation alert about it initially, so I didn't see this on TMZ, but apparently TMZ was reporting this initially without any, you know, real confirmation, and uh, lots of uh, lots of folks were uh, blasting TMZ. Did you did you go to TMZ first for this, or was, it, or was this more of a ESPN.com situation for you? I mean, my, the alert that I got was from CBS Sports, um, but I mean, honestly, if you want, I, I do I do think that, TMZ breaks most things these days, right? Like they, their methods of, uh, you know, paying for sources or whatever it is they do uh, seems to work because they are, quote unquote, first all the time. Yeah, it's it's an interesting business. I, I mean, TMZ, you know, you don't really think of TMZ as your place for news, right? Like, what's your what's your place for news? Where do you go? Um, I, I would say NBC news, NBC news. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. Why did you have to think about that? Do you, do you also do a little fact checking on like, say maybe like a CBS or do you go like NPR, maybe more of a, 
Well, the reason I... Huffington Post? Yeah, because the way... So, you know, Google has, like, the recommended articles for you. I'm not sure if you get that on, like, a new tab, for example. And uh, a lot of the... A lot of those articles are kind of scattered around Fox News, CBS, Washington Post, New York Times. I mean, but if I'm just looking like, hey, what's going on in the world today? Um, I, I find myself going to NBC News, which is probably a bad... A bad choice because I don't think that's anything special but there's no paywall there so I can read what I want which is a factor so yeah yeah no NBC News is fine I have nothing against that against the, uh, is it the National Broadcasting Corporation is that what that stands for I, I can't remember it's been it's been so long since I thought about that it's the peacock it's all good the peacock it's yeah um, I, I, I ran into to a, a fellow on Twitter. I'm not sure who this person is. Andrew Doughty. Uh, at Andrew Doughty. Sorry, A Doughty 88. I'll retweet one of these things in case you're following along and really want to look at this yourself. He, he made a remark about, I hope some people lose their jobs today for rushing reports. Right. And then he strings along a, a list of, I don't know, dozens of, of false... Falsely reported deaths by 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 journal by Reuters, yep. eager journalists, CBS, Wisconsin, all kinds of fake. I don't know. I just didn't know that these people existed. They just sit around like tracking. And I mean, what's TMZ supposed to do? Not report this? Well, what are you what are you asking here? You're asking. Uh, you're saying that because TMZ got it wrong, they should be fired. Like what is this guy? Like what is this guy's deal? Like I just I, I didn't know that these people existed. That they're they're like watchdogs for the for for, for the the uh, as far as journalist circles go. It, he's it's like he's keeping score. What sure, I, I think is that's that like a thing where like where I think people... that's like that's just a thing on Twitter in general, right? Like it, it's it's a big uh, keeping score. Who can collect the most scalps of sorts? I think that's that's normal Twitter behavior. It's the mob mentality. The mob mentality really is, uh, you know, going to great lengths here to defend uh, Mr. Bryant as he's, you know, if there's anybody, any, any, any uh, I guess, journalist, let's just stick on the journalist realm here. We've seen at least one journalist, uh, I believe she was a, a Washington Post employee who is now on administrative leave because she made a, I think, a retweet of, a, of an article about the, the sexual assault case from, from two or three, four years ago. Right. And uh, she got basically fired for retweeting that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, uh, again, it's defending defending a guy's legacy um, because he's dead. If she would have done that, uh, what, four days ago, different story, right? Obviously, yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, what do you, what do you make of all of, I mean, obviously this is easy to say, but what do you make of the, that mob mentality that, that the, the hordes of, of uh, seemingly anonymous, I mean, I don't even know how anonymous these people are. I, I actually imagine there's a fairly non-anonymous component to this on Twitter. These, these journalists or these people, these uh, Twitter users are, are being, uh, you know, death threats. Uh, this is, you know, serious business. Uh, you know, against their their well being, simply because they 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 state facts that there was a sexual assault case against Kobe Bryant. 
Right. I mean, I think I think this is the part of the pod that that Ed wanted to avoid, right? This is the part of the pod. Yeah, this is why Ed's not here. I really enjoyed sort of Ed's. Uh, it was very Switzerland, right? I guess he's very uh, a very Switzerland kind of guy, but uh, <laughs> right. Really, really waiting for for a Bomani or a, or a Levitar to kind of guide him into what he should be thinking. And I was a little, I was a little disappointed on, on listening to Levitar today. They didn't really, and I only listened to the first hour, so maybe they get into it farther down the road. But they only allude to the sexual assault thing as more of a like a faint memory or a very abstract concept. They don't use very distinct or clear terms. It's always this flawed past or. You know, things right. along those lines. Uh, right. I, I just really, I mean, why not just say it? He had a, I, I, there were, there was one monologue I saw on High Noon where, where Pablo Torres, uh, he, he did flat out say it. He mentioned it. He didn't, didn't screw around. I was a little worried that maybe ESPN, uh, you know, put the kibosh on this one, but they, uh, they did allow uh, Pablo to, to go there. Right. Well, what I think is funny, so I'm trying to think where to start here. I mean, number one, uh, I remember when the whole sexual assault thing happened, and my takeaway from it was that you know if this is any other person, this dude's going to jail. It's a you know, it's a it's your classic big time star gets away with something because he's a big time star. Um, yeah. And so like so that was my first thought, um, but but now it's. It's kind of funny because I, I feel like, in general, Twitter is the type of atmosphere that is, that is very, uh, that will never let you forget, like, a person's slip-up one time, right? And I mean, obviously, a sexual assault, big slip-up, yes. Um, but in this case, it's, it's kind of the opposite, where the mob has adopted that mentality where you can't mention it, which is very uh, un-Twitter mob-like, I would say. And also, I'll just add that uh, he was not convicted, um, which goes for something in my book. I mean, yeah, the, fa- the facts are out there. If you want to, you know, if you want to go out there and read this up on yourself, I'm not going to sit here and debate whether or not he's he's uh, in fact, you know, a, a rapist. That, that that term has been tossed around. I'm not going to give him that label. People are asserting that in some circles on Twitter. A lot, you know, most obviously don't even go there in the first place. But the facts are all, are all, are all out there. Uh, he's he's he you know he's, he's got the the you know the quote half confession the the apology, all all kinds of other uh, aspects of this case that are worth reading about. Um, surprised there isn't a documentary about this. To be honest, I, I imagine there may be someday. Right. Um. Where, where else can we go with this? I mean, the other the other. Um, I don't want to make too much, much, you know, fun or, or out of this because, you know, so at the end of the day, his, you know, the, he died, other people died. No, you know, dying sucks, right? Who wants to? Some, some people that we're friends with would argue that dying is, is nothing to be feared. Well, that's just, that's actually where I was, I was kind of hoping that we would really steer towards. Uh, it's unfortunate Sean couldn't make it tonight. He's, uh, he's sort of been a, a long lost contributor to this podcast. His, his photo is on our, our uh, <laughs> our podcast art that you'll see on our uh, homepage, but I think yeah he's got a real uh, you know uh, s- spiritual uh, uh, sort of thinking into all of this, and I think he's he if he were here he would tell us all about how yeah dying is is just another transformation in the process of, uh, in, in, in the uh, process of your spiritual state, and uh, you know in, in some ways that's 
know, probably an interesting conversation, but one that we're not going to solve tonight. Um, <laughs> I agree with Sean. I will say, I mostly agree with. I, I don't have I don't have quite his uh, his insight on it, um, uh, and I'm not sure that I would necessarily uh, state it the way he does. But uh, I do agree that, uh, you know, there's a finality to it only from an earthly sense. And that may not be the case. We don't know. Yeah. No, we can really get into a real, you know, long, a long discussion around, yeah, where does, uh, where where do things really begin and where do things really end and and who knows, right? Hmm. Who does know? I bet Sean knows. Sean probably has an answer. I bet Sean. Well, Sean could tell us a, a little bit about the process. I don't know if he knows either, but he could at least fair. give us a little more detail. Uh, where are we going with that? Uh, oh yeah, no. So so he's uh, again. I'm not trying to make make jokes out of this. Uh, you know, they're, they're too funny. But some at the same time, I, I think there's always uh, a little bit of of a comic relief in every situation. Um, and I was kind of taken aback by the amount of. Uh, commemoration and uh, sort of uh, the whole tributes that, that needed to be passed around yesterday. Like, I, you know... Uh, the 24-second shot clock violation. The, yeah, yeah. The the, uh, the violations uh, purposely committed in, in, I think, every game uh, that happened after uh, the news broke. Right. A little weird. I didn't really... I mean, I get it, but I also, like, I guess just very strange that they couldn't... Uh, 24 you know, hours... Do a little more... 24 hours positive. in a day for Kobe. 24 hours. 24 hours a day. I don't know what. What do you mean? Are they, are they supposed to just live like stay awake for 24 hours? What do you What do you What are you going there? Uh, I'm just every day 24 hours for Kobe. You got it. Every day 24 hours. I, you know, we were kind of kind of joking. Uh, you know, is there a, a a Kobe beef supplier somewhere like profiting <laughs> out of this? Is he putting up specials where you can buy a box of 24 pounds of, of Kobe beef? <laughs> There's got to be. I mean, if there's not, I mean, you, you shared a uh, you shared a photo of somebody selling like a, a Kobe Bryant signed hat, right? I did. I mean, there's yeah, got somebody on my, on my on my yeah somebody on our uh, local Facebook marketplace was uh, took a picture. Uh, I'll share this on Twitter because it was kind of funny. From what appeared to be a Walmart shopping cart, <laughs> just right. a, a signed Lakers Kobe hat that was going for a hundred dollars, but he also put in the comments, uh, you know, best best offer uh right taken so he was expecting a bidding war which is really i mean that seems to be to me worse than than going to the sexual assault you know talk right somebody just instantly <laughs> going to the right to the profit bus yeah it's pretty gross yeah pretty but you know what i mean uh this is america like what are the odds that hat was even real? Like the the signature was real. Right. I was thinking of like what other what other commemorative quote unquote uh, yeah. stuff could we could we sell related to to Kobe twenty four eight. I, you know I um, the whole twenty four thing. I mean he wore eight for a while, right? What's up with that? Yeah, I don't remember that. Like was it what was the reason behind that? I know I know Jordan switched numbers. Right, well, because he thought it was funny that he used his baseball number for a couple of years. Well, he came back wearing the four five, right? That's a, yes. That was his whole thing. Um, I don't remember Kobe's deal. I mean, he when Kobe came into the league, he wore number eight, I believe. Right. I, uh, I mean, I wasn't that. He's about the same age I am. I was in high school or college. College, I suppose. I don't remember. I was. 
Yeah, he wore he wore eight. Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly, but he wore eight from 1996 to 2005, and then after that, he wore 24. So, okay. so anyway, um, couldn't his, make up his mind. I mean, his, hey, I guess his, if I weren't in the NBA and I wanted to change my number, why not? His comments on uh, 24 was that. Uh, Physical attributes aren't there the way they used to be, but the maturity level is greater. Marriage, kids, start having a broader perspective being one of the older guys on the team now as opposed to being the youngest. Things evolve. 24 meant a lot to Kobe. And I I read a lot of things about how he he apparently matured heavily after the whole whole Colorado assault incident. I mean, I I, I don't know. I I have no insight. I mean, yeah, it's, it's... I think you can say uh, a surprisingly amount of, of uh, and a, a surprising amount of people really were were not hesitant to to ring the uh, the praises or endorsements of his of his personality, his his generosity. People seem to really like him. Yeah, and I will say that I, when I when he was younger, I mean, I was a, a middle school kid, I guess, when he first came in the league. Um, and I could not. I hated that Lakers team with a passion. The, the Kobe Shaq years, and I never liked. I would say I never liked Kobe as a player too much. Um, but when I've seen him or heard him in the past couple of years, um, I, I will say I've, I've liked him more. I think with time, uh, everyone softens a bit. I mean, not everyone, but a lot of people do. I mean, the other thing sure. too is let's let's consider that was like the the dark the dark period if you ask me for the for the modern NBA where. True. You know, it's 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 the time between Jordan and 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 LeBron. Right. Right. True. And then when I, when I say LeBron, you know, Le- LeBron was in the in the league as early as uh, what 03? O- oh, two or I think it was o two or o three. Yeah, I can't remember. Which, which seems like an eternity ago. And yeah. and anyways, but yeah, so so there's that 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 sort of gap between Jordan and and, and LeBron, sort of that that mid nineties to around two thousand ten or so. And that was just like the worst. The two thousands are just the worst as far as the NBA goes. I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't really pay attention to much of it. Right. Personally, I was more of a, a college guy for a lot of those years. Right. I mean, I think it's. I think like around 08, it started getting better. Right. Like, like late aughts. But yeah, it was ugly. It was ugly for a while. Yeah, the advent of uh, of you know the, the when Harden, Westbrook. Right. Durant, when those guys came into the league, is is really when things actually got. Remotely interesting again, and the other thing that I just kind of, kind of wonder. I mean, is is Kobe great because he played in such a shitty era? I mean, that's a really bad era of basketball. Like, who is? <laughs> it was. Like, would he even be a top five player in today's game? Uh, um, no, I would argue not. I mean, you look at. I mean, again, he was old in his last years, but I mean, how long? How long was it since he? I mean, he scored some points, right? But like, he was. It was a different era. He was like the ISO ball era. Just yeah, to, he was the last true ISO yeah. baller that, that, that did things the inefficient way. I mean, he, someone, uh, I think it was Kirk Goldsberry, uh, threw up a, a shot chart of his, right. his career shots. And it's so different if you look at it compared to like even like a LeBron or a... Right. Yeah, like who is, who's the Kobe of today's game, right? I mean... It's it's uh, he was never. Demar Derozan. Well, I mean that's that was the obvious one I was going to say because he supposedly modeled his game after Kobe. I mean it's probably not the worst comparison. 
But, I mean, Kobe was never a good three-point shooter. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what his role would be in today's game. I don't think he'd be a top-five player. Even, so. if, even in his prime, you're saying? I don't think so. I think if you live, and again, this is the old, uh, you know, let's put, put Jordan and compare him to LeBron, and, let, and let's do some comparisons between, you know, uh, Bill yeah. Walton and, right. and whoever else. <laughs> right. But, but let's lift yeah, Kobe's prime years and put him in the last five to six years. And I just don't think he's a top five. I mean, he's good. He'd be, a, he'd be an all-star, but he would be, you know, a, a, a rich man's DeRozan. And, you know, DeRozan's fine, but he's, right. he's not the guy you build your roster around. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't argue with you, Zach. I want to, but I can't. I know. We really, really <laughs> barf it up when it comes to, to truly debating on here. What else? Uh, what other things about this uh, have, have got you shaking in your, in your, in your pants? <laughs> shaking it in my pants. Um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I don't know. It, I feel like a lot of people have commented on um, how it really hurts because Kobe's a father. And on one hand, I totally agree because, uh, you know, I mean, the thought of, of going down in a helicopter with your daughter is heartbreaking, right? Like, you know, as fathers of daughters, we can... Uh, we can relate to that, but at the yeah, same, no, no one can debate that that is a disturbing concept. Correct. Where are you going with this? I'm going to the place where uh, fathers die every day, um, and I don't know. Just uh, it, it's getting an outsized amount of attention in my mind. Yeah, it's a drop in the bucket. Uh, people, people die every day. Uh, it happens. You know, I think I think where where this really strikes a chord with people is that uh, you know he's Kobe's supposed to be a, a, a superhuman, invincible guy, right? And he's not. He, uh, yeah. he cannot survive a uh, right a fiery helicopter crash. <laughs> no, he can't. I think uh, Ed said Ed said something to that effect about how uh, Kobe was like. A, what do you call it? Like a not a milestone, but like a I don't know, legend, something, something, just outsized influence in his life, for some reason. I'm gonna try to find it. I want to quote. I mean, that. it's. Uh, I think. I think you saw all. I mean, this is obvious talker. Uh, you know, Captain Obvious speaking. But you know, all all of the players uh, in the NBA who uh, who who broke down and cried, you know, at the beginning of the game, did so because that was their hero. They grew all. Most of those guys grew up uh, idolizing that guy, and I. Um... Here we go. I've got Ed's comments, by the way, uh, and I quote Ed Ronsman on why this uh, Kobe Bryant thing uh, shakes him so much. And I quote: "I think it's unsettling and sobering to see somebody as important and influential as Kobe gone before their time." Basically, we all grew up with him being a fixture on TV and doing amazing things. He's one of the best NBA players of all time, and somebody you felt would be like Bill Russell, which that article mentioned. I'm not sure what the parenthetical there is. Lingering on the edges of the game, getting old and gray, probably cantankerous, but also dispensing wisdom. So I think it's the reality that somebody that quote-unquote powerful and influential can be gone, despite all the money in the world, because it was foggy and the pilot couldn't control a helicopter. End quote. Thank you, Ed Ronsman. 
he he he, he made some additional comments too that it's, you know a sort of uh, bleh, amounted to basically it is what it is, which which I I feel like is uh, again that's where his Switzerland commentary. Uh, What else? What else? I feel like uh, I feel like we have a Packers topic that we should hold for Ed. Yeah, so we gave 25 minutes to Kobe. We can give uh, the remaining 5 to 10 minutes on non-Kobe Bryant. The Packers. But, but hold on, really... Zach. I, I just want to make sure that you got everything out on Kobe. Are you feeling good? You feeling okay? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I mean, we could talk. Like I said, there's there's the we could spend a whole podcast dissecting the. The sexual assault case. We could spend a whole, a whole pot, whole thirty minutes talking about how there's a uh, a strong racial component to this. You know, the whole David Chappelle thing. Um, I just don't really think that there's enough time for us to really. Uh, I'm trying to keep this, you know, somewhat condensed. Fair enough. Okay. Good. So you you want to talk Packers? No, uh, I don't. I, I mean, I don't. No. I want I want to save it for Ed. I want to save it for Ed. Oh, so that that whole Tua or or no is a is a Ed only topic. Okay. I think that's an Ed topic. Yeah. Um. Do you follow Michael Levin on Twitter? Uh, no, I don't. He's a great follow. I um. I sort of wish, wish I had. Uh, I sort of wish he was more well known. I mean, you don't know who he is, right? I do not. He's a uh, he's a writer. Uh, he he did. I think he, he writes for some NBC uh, sitcom. He used to write for a uh, Philadelphia 76ers uh, you know fan blog or whatever whatever those are called. And uh, yeah, we're all. Uh, Pulling him up on Twitter here. He's got a really good Twitter handle. Twitter, sorry, Twitter account. Worth worth following. I'm trying to remember why I wanted to talk about this. This is uh, pretty disappointing. <laughs> I thought I had a, a note here. Um, yep. I think I think I can close it, or maybe not close it, but uh, segue to my method for reading magazines. Would you like to know about that, Zach? Okay, sorry. That's good. How do you... How do you read magazines, Bob? I want to hear how you, how you when you are uh, lounging, looking to consume some uh, content on paper. Uh, what do you, what do you do? Yeah, so, um, so, uh, I, I don't know if I'm different from most people, but I rarely consume a magazine in one sitting, right? And so I go, you know, front to back. I don't, I don't look ahead for articles. I just go, go through it one page at a time. And as I get through like a chunk of pages, let's say 20 to 30 pages, I will actually rip the magazine. I'll rip the pages off and I will discard those pages and then leave the remaining pages still bound in the magazine for perhaps a later time. Or perhaps I'll keep going. Why are you ripping the pages exactly? That doesn't make sense. Are you... I think it's... it's, Use of use? I think it's two things, Zach. I think, number one, it's a sensory thing. I don't like having the folded-over magazine and, and grasping that with my, my hands. Um, I like to be able to read kind of like a flat surface, as it were. Um, and then the other piece is that... So you rip the whole... Sorry, I just want to make sure I understand. You rip the whole paper out, the whole p- page. Correct. 
and hold it as if it were just like a sheet of paper. I, I no, that's what I've that's what I've done. Reading a reading a group of pages, I'll I'll get rid of it. I'll discard it to the side, and I'll read the remaining magazine. <laughs> Is it because it's too thick and you prefer a thinner hold? I think that's it. Yes, yes, pretty much. What do you? I, I, I guess these are these are magazines that nobody else in your house will ever read because you've sort of, you know, <laughs> marked your territory on that magazine and, and said, ah, no one else is reading this. Have a good day. That's correct. That is a hundred percent correct. Yes. Um, these magazines. Yeah, I mean, I, I read uh, GQ, of course, Gentleman's Quarterly, as it were, um, and Men's Health. Those are really the two magazines I read. So nobody else is touching those. I really had you pegged for like a Maxim kind of a guy. You want to be Maxim? <laughs> no. No, I haven't since I was probably 14. Is that the target audience for Max? I think it is. It's about a, I think like a so. 14 to 15-year-old demographic. I think so. I think, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm not sure why my parents let me get that magazine, but yeah. I had some good Mike Eleven stuff teed up, and it just kind of pisses me off that I can't find the the tweet that I was looking for. Well, we'll save it for next week. We'll or, save it for next time. Yeah, I mean, he's a, you should. You don't you don't really use Twitter, right? Not really. No, I mean, I, yeah. I check it out when you guys link to it. Then I might click around a little bit, but yeah, not too much. But you're not. Yeah, I mean, I feel like me and Ed, or at least me. I mean, I I'm thumbing through it. You know, three four times a day. Right. Yeah, not sort of scrolling and scrolling. It ain't me. Are you? What do you do? Do you are you like a Facebook guy? What do you What do you do to pass the time on your phone? What do you What's your go to? Uh, Slack. I'd say Slack. Really? Yeah. I don't know. So you you actually aren't using your phone a whole heck of. I feel like I'm on my phone a lot. I feel like I have a lot of downtime. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I am, but um. I'm usually reading something, I guess. Like, there's enough, there's enough uh, recommended articles that come my way that I've got tabs open, and I'm just I'm reading, I guess, when I'm. Are you able to go like? Can you read a, like, let's say it's a it's a 15 minute read, and you've got two to three minutes blocks. Are you able to to to, to sit down and consume that in in five or six small blocks of? Yeah, I would say so. Across portion yeah. of the day. Yeah, see, I can't do that. I have to sit down and read the the whole thing by itself. So I find myself like just killing time usually unless I can dedicate you know mm. five to ten minutes of, of good hard straight reading. Yeah, it's not ideal because I, I do feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I already read that part. <laughs> but, okay, uh, see that's yeah. So, that's where I get a little, a little annoyed too is when I realize I've read things uh, twice or three times and uh, right. Yeah. It's not great. Have you ever heard of the show Perfect Harmony? No. That's that's the show that Michael Levin writes for. I've I've never uh hmm. watched it. I mean it's gotta be a comedy because he's a funny guy. An uproariously funny 